0: Let us pray. Let us pray. Father, we come before you now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this time, uh, Lord, this, this moment in time that you have allowed us to be here together in this house to, to hear from you, Lord God, as we've worshipped, as, as we've sang songs. Lord, now prepare our hearts and our minds to hear a word from you, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would use me, Lord God, to speak to your people I decrease, Father, that you might increase in me. Speak to our hearts, Father God. Lord, help us uh, to live a life that's pleasing to you. And so we thank you and we praise you. We give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, praise team. God bless you all. You may have your seats. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we want to thank everybody for being here. Praise the Lord. You know what? I forgot to do something. Let's say our confession real quick. Let's say our confession. Cuz meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Remember that confession. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. When you study this book of instruction, amen? Amen. Amen. If you have your word, I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to be reading from verses uh, 1 through 2. And uh, I am Elder Brooks, for those of you who don't know me. Um, Not Pastor Keith. Pastor Keith is not here today, but um, we're going to preach the word of God as if he were here. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. I want to read it from the Amplified Bible because it it, it says some key words in there that I want to then um, talk about later on in the message. And the word says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. Let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us, Maurice, and focusing our eyes on Jesus who is the author and perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Stripping away, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. Stripping off every unnecessary weight. Somebody say, it's time to clean. It's time to clean. Time to clean. Time to clean. Time to clean. So, family, we, we've entered a... A season that we call spring uh, officially it's not here yet I think it's what March 21st is that the, the official day but we in it we, we are we're in it already so many of us in the in the school system students and staff we've been on spring break all week you know, I feel the hate I feel the hate I feel it I feel it <laughs> Some recognize this season as a time of renewal, rebirth, and rededication. The grass in the yards are getting green. Leaves are coming back on the trees. Even here in Texas, we're starting to see the blue bonnets popping up. I know I've seen a lot of them. Um, It's just that we're seeing the sun more now, and so it just gives that that feeling of, of freshness. Amen? After dealing with the dreariness of winter, spring brings about um, a euphoric feeling. And, and it serves to kind of give some of us a, a new sense of hope, uh, a new sense of optimism, and, and just a renewed vitality. We just want to get out and, and do some outdoor activity stuff. Amen? At least I do. I want to get outside. It's sunny. And uh, that's what I want to do. So... Another activity that a lot of people like to do during this, this springtime is spring cleaning. How many of you do spring cleaning? Amen. Yes, somebody's like, mm, I heard the groans. <laughs> that, was, that was that deep voice groan, so those were the brothers. They were like, mm. uh. <laughs> so they desire to, to get their house in order by t- tackling chores that we've put off for a while. Um uh, the honeydew list for many of us brothers gets longer during this time. Um I know back in back in the day at the Brooks household, uh Sister Tavy would have plans of, of cleaning the house, you know, and, and wanted to do that spring cleaning thing. And me and Damien and, and Kayla, we would, you know, be secretly giving her the side eye because, you know, we did not <laughs> want to participate in that stuff. Um but she would You know, Tavia would be all cheery about it, though. You know, she'd come through the house, all right, y'all, time to get up, time to clean. And I'd be in my room in the bed, like, oh, Lord. But then I had to put the game face on, you know, in front of the kids, because I had to support her. You know, so I had to put the game face on, because I couldn't let them think that I felt the same way they did. You know, that... I do not want to do this. But, you know, we, we would go ahead and do what we got. She, Tammy was the one, you know, get up early in the morning, you know, and get all that stuff done and then. But if she left me to have to do the cleaning with the kids and she wasn't there, oh, man, we would sleep late. You know, we'd get up, eat cereal. Watch cartoons, take a nap. <laughs> then we'd eventually get to the chores. You know, we got it done before she got back. You know, she she had that whole just just make sure it's done. I don't want to see them dishes in the in the sink again when I get back. Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But those dishes wasn't in there when she got back. <Hey>. Happy spouse, happy house. So, but I'm sure as far as spring cleaning is concerned, that, you know, a lot of those types of things happen in other homes as well as far as spring cleaning. Um, now, but I'm also sure you can relate to this. You get ready to go do your spring cleaning and, and you start surveying your house. You know, you start looking around, go in that dreaded garage, brothers. You look in the closet, some of those closets. That, drunk, that junk drawer that everybody has, you know, like, man, I'm going to clean this out one day. You know, and, and you, you realize, you start saying to yourself, man, where did all of this stuff come from? And, and you hadn't really stopped to, to really think about how much stuff you have in your house until you, you know, you go to start cleaning and whatnot. I hear you. It's saying, Ugh. I hear you. Military people, can you relate to this? All of these PCSs that you you go through, and you know they pack you up, and you take all that stuff with you, and then when you get there, you get more stuff, and then you PCS again, and they pack it all up, and you go on and on, and and again you realize, man, I got a we got a lot of stuff in this house. Now, that's your your spirit, your 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 physical. House, But have you, have you ever stopped to really seriously and honestly take inventory of your, your spiritual house? What's, what's in your spiritual house? And if we, if we did that, if we really took an honest look at our spiritual house and took honest inventory, we would discover that there's some things in it that one, we didn't know was there, and two, it was a whole lot there. Amen? I want to talk about this, this word, uh, first point, is accumulation. The definition of accumulate is to gather or collect. And it's often in, in gradual degrees. It, it, it suggested the gathering of something over a... An extended period of time. Amen? You think about interest on a loan. You know, interest accumulates over a period of time. Amen? Amen. And, and for some of us, if we're not careful, if we're not disciplined, um, there's this thing called weight that accumulates over a, an extended period of time if we don't pay attention to it. Amen? So we accumulate stuff, and those things that we, we deal with in the world, as we interact with this world and as we, as we navigate this thing called life, we accumulate things in our spirits. Amen? Amen? Whether we realize it or not, we we accumulate things in our spirits and we we accumulate actions. You know, what we do. We accumulate um, attitudes. How we begin to think. We accumulate associates. People we are hanging out with. And then we, we accumulate assets, material things. And Again, all of those different things can serve to get into our spirits in negative ways if we're, if we're not careful about it. Amen? So the way that that stuff accumulates in our, in our spiritual house, I want to give you another point. The way that it gives in is that we give it access. We give that, that stuff access to our spirits. So, access is the ability, the right, or permission to approach, enter, speak with, or use. Access, the ability, the right, or the permission to approach, enter, speak with, or use. Our our spiritual house is filled with stuff. Because we allow the stuff to have access to us. Last week, Pastor Key talked about, um, y'all remember him talking about Hollywood and how, you know, the, the city of Los Angeles or the, the city of the angels, the messengers, um, sends messages through the airways. And when we submit ourselves to that and we allow that stuff to get into us we begin to then allow it to affect our actions, our attitudes, the people we hang out with, the things, how we look at the things that we have, our, the assets, the material things. And so we have to be careful about what we submit ourselves to that then we give access to, amen? We all have one of these, a lot of us, most of us, most of us, most of us, let's see, let me see, scan in the room. Most of us have one of these. And, you know, it's a cell phone, we use it, we take pictures. Grandkids, praise the Lord. Derek, you're going you're gonna to have a lot of those. Got some right here. And sometimes there's, sometime, there's these, these cool apps that we want to download to the phone. And during the downloading process, when you're downloading that app, at some point during the process, you get a notification that says that this app wants to access data within your phone, your, your, your pictures, your, you know, this, and this or that. And you have to say yes or no, right, as to whether or not you want to give it access to your information, your data. And so... That's the same thing that happens with us when these things start coming at us. They come at us, but we still have to say yes or no to it. We still have to say whether or not we give it permission to approach us, to to have access to us, to speak to us. When someone comes to us wanting to speak into our lives, depending on the relationship, I have to decide whether or not I give you permission. To speak into me, I have to decide whether or not the the message that I'm listening to that that televangelist that I'm listening to on the television or the radio. Is that the word of God? Am I to submit myself to that? Do I give that access to my spirit? And we'll talk about a little bit of that later on. But access, we need to be aware of um, what we're submitting ourselves to and then subjecting our spirits to. Now, how do when that stuff gets into us and it does gain access to us, how did it happen? What what were we doing that allowed those things then to enter us? And our, my next point is we were we we had a, a level of apathy. Apathy, lack of interest, passive, unconcerned, indifferent inattentive. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4 verse 3 through 4 says this. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but having itching ears they will accumulate. This is the ESV, uh, English Standard Version. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passion and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. They will accumulate for themselves teachers that will tell them what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. Amen? What we as followers of Christ are failing to realize is that the devil... <laughs> Is after us. Pastor Keith said last week. You have an enemy. That hates you. He hates you. The spiritual realm. That Pastor Keith has been talking about. Over, talking about spiritual warfare. It exists. Whether we want to believe it's there or not. It exists. And, and it has influence. In our lives. Jesus said in John 10 and 10. The thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his motive. That's his angle towards us. Kill, steal, and destroy. There's nothing good that Satan wants for us to have. Nothing good he wants us to experience. His sole goal is to destroy us. His sole goal is to steal from us. His sole goal is to kill us. That's his goal. That's that's his whole plan. Amen? 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says this. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Have y'all ever seen those videos where lions, I I watch them. Maybe some of y'all might think it's more, but I like to watch it. I, I like I like nature and and seeing nature and it's seeing animals in their natural state. And I w- I've watched some of the videos where the lions are stalking, you know, deer and, you know, and the kids in here. Don't start crying. <laughs> but if you ever watch the lion as they're as they're, you know, stalking their prey and prowling, they're they're real patient. They're real patient. You know, they crouch down and, and they're just watching whatever the, the prey that they're looking at, especially if it's a group of deer or a group of buffalo or whatever, you know, wildebeest or whatever they're, they're trying to get. They watch them, and then they, they're picky, too. They pick out the one, the one that has strayed off. Y'all, y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. The one that has strayed off. The one that looks the weakest, the one that's 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 not paying attention. That's the one they they pick out. And after they they've picked out the one that they want just at the right time, they pounce on them. And it's and it's all over for that for that animal. And I I can sit there and watch it, man, and just be in, in amazement at just the. Again, just just the rawness of it all. Anyway, I don't want to get on to all that. So, but in the, in the beginning of uh, 1 Peter 5 and 8, it's, it tells us not only do we have an enemy who looks to devour, devour us, but the first part of that verse says that we need to stay alert. Stay alert. Watch out uh, for your great enemy, the devil. We have to be alert attentive, not apathetic about spiritual things, about spiritual things. We, we live in the natural, so, I, so naturally we're going to pay attention to the things that we can see, you know, that, that appeals to our senses. We're going to pay attention to that. But because we can't see the spirit, we tend not to then think about the spirit realm. We tend not to acknowledge it, kind of that whole out of sight out of mind type situation. But we need to pay more attention to that than we do the physical stuff that's going on because we have someone that's strategizing against us. And because of that, we need to realize that when we are apathetic, when we are uh, disengaged, when we are um, not attentive to our spiritual lives, the devil, we then give the devil access to us. And now... He gets into the husband, he gets into the wife, and he causes us to start fighting against one another now, and now the husband abdicates his position, and now he leaves the family exposed, and so you got a domino effect, because he's torn the family up, he's gotten a husband and wife to to go after each other, now the family is torn up, and now you you got young daughters looking for love in all the wrong places you got young men because they didn't have dad there out doing things that they shouldn't be doing and then we just perpetuate that cycle over and over and now the devil has accomplished his mission all because we are asleep at the wheel amen we need to understand that this thing is real and if we don't start paying attention to it the devil is not not just the world this this is People who don't know Christ don't know this. This is for us who know Christ and aren't paying attention to what's going on in our spiritual lives. Amen? So, our, our, our house, our spiritual house, you know, talk about the, the, the physical house. How do we clean it up? If you think about the process of, of cleaning up, I know when Tavy would get us started on on cleaning up the, the physical house, we first have to start decluttering, you know, getting rid of some stuff. So that's our, our next point is the declutter. We talked about Hebrews 12.1. We said, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, those witnesses go back into chapter 11 and the whole faith chapter, all of those folks who've come before us. Because of them, it tells us to let us Strip, let us um, surround ourselves with a greater cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. The devil has strategies. The devil has schemes against us. And... Because when you scheme somebody, the person who got schemed typically don't know that they got schemed. Amen? That's that's the whole premise of scheming. Like you you don't want them to know until later that, you know what, they just duped me. You know, and that that's how Satan is with us. By the time we realize we've been duped, it's too late. He's done his damage and he's moved on and now he's he's got us. And so we need to then start Decluttering some things in our lives we need to start getting rid of um, you know removing unnecessary unnecessary items from our lives. Um, I ask you a question is your spiritual house overcrowded. Is your spiritual house overcrowded. What activity what sin is weighing you down that needs to be removed from your life. What desire or sin do you have an affinity for? Now, you might say, Pastor Brooks, what you talking about? I don't got no affinity for no sin. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. The Bible says in, in James chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, and, and I, I'm reading from the Amplified more today because it, it just hit home the things that I want to bring out. It says this, James chapter 1, verse 13 through 14. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For temptation does not originate from God, but from our own flaws. For God cannot be tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each one is tempted when he is dragged away, enticed, and baited, To commit sin by what? His own worldly desire, lust, or passion. There's some stuff in us, y'all, listen, listen. There's some stuff in us that we don't even know is there. the, The Bible says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can? It asks the question, who can know your heart? You don't even know your heart. People say all the time, oh, I would never do that. Listen, given the right set of circumstances, you don't know what you would do. You have no clue what you are capable of doing, given the right cert- set of circumstances. Amen? Amen? Satan wants to put his furniture in your spiritual house. So... When that man hurts you, sister, and you then declare that all men, all men are dogs, Satan then moves in the furniture of bitterness. Amen. Amen. When, when the father leaves you all alone and now you decide that, you know what, I don't need him anyway. I'm going to be a better father than he ever was. Satan moves in the furniture of unforgiveness. Amen. When when you are successful and, you know, you you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps and you don't acknowledge that God was the one who gave you the ability to do whatever it is that you did to be successful. God then Satan then moves in the furniture of pride. Amen. We need to understand that that the devil sits and waits on us. And and as the lion and he's prowling, wanting to then get into wherever it is he needs to get into in our lives. We can't let the clutter of this world hinder us from doing and being what God wants. As the scriptures say, we have to lay aside or strip off those things that easily distract us. So we declutter. We get rid of stuff. We get rid of stuff out of the house. You know, stepping over things, putting toys away, all of that good stuff. Our spiritual house—we we we're, we're removing ourselves from different things. We then have to then disinfect. Disinfect. Second Corinthians. So to disinfect means to re- destroy disease or or to cleanse. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter six, verses sixteen uh, through. Chapter seven, verse one. And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? Remember, you are the temple of God if you have accepted Jesus Christ. For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you, and I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Verse 1 of chapter 7, because we have these promises, dear friends, let us do what? Cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit. And let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. The issue sometimes is, do we truly fear God? Do we have a healthy reverence for who God is and, and, and what God is capable of? Because if we truly, truly, and pastor says all the time, do we really, do we really believe this? Do we really believe that God exists? And do we really believe that that God um, doesn't like sin, because if we, if we did, then would we do some of the things that we, we find ourselves doing? Right. It is our responsibility to stay away from sin. The Bible says in Second Peter, chapter one, verse three, that God's divine power has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. We have everything we need in order to be to live a holy life. There's nothing else we need to get. God has already given it to us. We now have to allow it to be cultivated in us by reading his word, by praying, by being around the saints, all of that good stuff. But we we have to understand that God has already given it it to us. We can only be cleansed through the word of God. We go to him for our cleansing. Psalm 119 says, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. David, um, in Psalm 51, you know, David talked about he was asking God to forgive him after he did what he did with Bathsheba. He said, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. We have to allow the word of God to cleanse us. The Bible tells us that if we go to God, and, and Bonnie talked about it earlier, um, uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and do what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have to disinfect our spirits. We, we have to go to God. We have to know the word of God. But if we don't know the word of God, if we don't allow the word to wash us, then we, we remain in a sinful state and unusable to God. Amen. So we we declutter, we disinfect. Now we didn't got the house all clean. We then have to de- determine what we're gonna allow back in. So we have to be discerning. We have to discern. To distinguish. To separate. Separate out by diligent search. To examine. Discernment is the ability to properly discriminate or make determinations. A discerning mind demonstrates wisdom and insight, listen, that go beyond what is seen and heard. A discerning mind demonstrates wisdom and insight that go beyond what is seen and heard. First John four and one, dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from where, from God. So once we stripped away the unnecessary weight that hinders us. We need to scrutinize anything coming into our lives. Even though it may sound good or look good, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is good. And I'm sure you, you guys have heard, many of you have heard the old saying that just because it's good to you doesn't mean that it's good for you. Temptations don't always pre- present themselves as evil. Matter of fact, temptation most of the time presents itself as looking real good. Amen. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. So we have to have the ability to determine what we're considering. If what we are considering, is it fruitful? Will it benefit God or will it pull us away as far as our time, our resources? You know, what what is it that God wants us to do? Our focus. Will it benefit God? Will it throw us into disobedience? First John 2.16 gives us this warning. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Generally, when we sin, those it's those three areas, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. There were two occasions in the Bible where that bore itself out. One person was tempted in that area, failed miserably. Second person tempted it in that area. Victory. And we can walk in that victory. Amen. Eve was was tempted um, by Satan, by the, um, the serpent. When the Bible says that in Genesis chapter three, verse six, says that so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, lust of the flesh, that it was pleasant to the eyes, lust of the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, pride of life, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. I just threw that last little part in there. Joker. Should've listening to that woman. We wouldn't be in this situation right now. Jesus then, when Jesus was tempted by Satan after he had fasted for 40 days, Satan came and tempted Jesus in the same way. He told him to throw, throw himself down, you know, off the, the edge and, you know, the Bible says that, you know, the word says you, you will dash your foot on a stone. Y'all know the verse. And that, that was the, the pride of life. Then he, you know, he told him to turn this stone into bread. That was the lust of the flesh. And then he took him up on this high area and showed him this grape and said, I'll give you all of this, you know, if you worship me, the lust of the eyes. And Jesus, every time he brought something to him, Jesus refuted him with what? The word of God. We have to know the word of God. In order to refute Satan when those things come at us and they're going to come at us all the time, 24 seven, because Satan schemes against us. But the Bible says that we are not ignorant of his devices and we're not ignorant only if we know God's word. Amen. So we have to hold on to our confession, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Next week, we're going to continue with part two of Spiritual Spring Cleaning. Pastor Keith has blessed me to be able to do this next week. And so we're going to talk about part two of Spiritual Spring Cleaning. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Stand to your feet.